0: thing just fell off of me but it is back together now so i'm all good so it is good to see you all and wonderful time to worship our lord together and you know i just so thank i'm just so thankful for this church for the pastoral team for the leaders and the board and it just extremely extremely uh just gives me joy it's such a big joy to Get to serve here at this church with you all. And uh, particularly thankful for this team of pastors where we get to preach, you know, have a preaching team and have different perspectives. And and then because we have more additional people who speak, they, um, it allows me to go to Israel next week. So I don't know if you knew about this, but um, my father-in-law, who you saw last October, he says... Hey, I'll pay for your trip if you uh, just if you want to come to the Holy Land. And I'm like, wow, that is such a general. How could I say no? So I talked to my pastoral team and the leaders, and it says, okay, "We got you. We don't need you here." So okay, <laughs> all right. So uh, I have the privilege to go with my father-in-law to Israel. Perhaps maybe in the future I, I go this time, and then you know I kind of get. This is my first time, and uh, if if that door opens up again for us, you know, maybe I could give you a tour. So uh, it's my father in law goes there like every year. So now he, so I'm gonna try to like learn everything from him, and then uh, hopefully that we could all go together one of these days. But uh, so today, you know, we're gonna see a story about Jesus talking, preaching in the boat on the Sea of Galilee, and that's like i'm going there next week and it was just so hit me and uh i have the privilege of going there and to we're gonna get on the boat and uh my father-in-law has asked me to share a message on that boat i'm like wow i mean just this this how things are um coming together and what i'm reading in the bible is like it's just really surreal for me right now and um and today, we're going to look at the story of Jesus talking to a man named Peter, and his name Simon Peter. And Luke, the gospel author, writes about this story, and this story deals with disappointment. And how, in those disappointments, how do we keep our focus on Jesus And those, especially at times of when we are faced with disappointments? I mean, disappointments come in all different sizes, <coughs> big, small Short term, the long term, the Rams lost. (laughs) You know that's maybe a good thing for some of you guys, but you know it's 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 maybe some people take it for a long time, maybe for a while, short. Does it? You know, it all comes in different size and form. And we just had Valentine's Day, and some of us, let's be honest, it was a day. Where right I hear is Single Awareness Day. And what is that? It could be a disappointment for some people. Or for people, disappointment because your love, lovely spouse is gone you know, to be with the Lord. And you have to be reminded of that. So even Valentine's Day, it could be a, ch- a time of disappointment for some people. And it's, it, it, let's be honest here. Let's, that We go through a lot of different things in life. Perhaps you've been laid off. Perhaps the company went bankrupt. Perhaps a ministry or a your, your section has to get shut down. I mean, those are legitimate disappointments in life. And often, often, we cannot control the cause of those disappointments. But they sure do control us, don't they? Disappointments make us feel small. Perhaps tired, fatigued, lost. I mean, it really sucks the life out of us. When we go through these disappointments. But yet, in like today's story, Jesus invites us to follow Him and to keep our eyes focused on Him. So today, we're going to look at how we could continue to keep our focus right onto God, especially when life comes and gives you disappointments. We don't do that together. I'm sorry, we don't do that alone, but we do that together. So together, uh, let us open our uh, Bible to Luke, and we are entering chapter 5 this week. This is really, really cool. We're going from cover to cover in the Gospel of Luke throughout this year, and uh, it'll be up on the screen as well, but if you could turn to Luke chapter 5, verse 1 through 3, and I'm going to read that, and then we'll cover it till verse 11 today, but I'm going to read till verse 3 right now. It says, one day, as Jesus was standing by the lake of Gennesaret, that's the Sea of Galilee, the people were crowded, ar- crowding around him and listening to the word of god he saw at the water's edge two boats left there by the fishermen who were washing their nets he got into one of the boats and one belonging to simon and asked him to put out a little from the shore then he sat down and taught the people from the boat Simon is a.k.a. Peter. So it's synonymous. the same person. So we're going to say, we're going to just stick to Simon today. Oh, I'm sorry, Peter. And he is, he was a fisherman who lived by the Sea of Galilee in Gennesaret, And this was where he worked every day. And Peter, that night, worked all night long, and he was done for the day. As you saw, he was washing his net. He's packing up. He's ready to go home. And he is disappointed because there was nothing, no result. All the hard work did not pay off. And he is just washing his net, probably grumbling. He said, man, it was a bad day today. All right, let's come back again tomorrow. And that was kind of where he was going at that time. And that's when Jesus began to talk to him and asked him if he could um, use the boat. Well, Jesus didn't really ask him. He just got on the boat, as you say, but then he asked. But anyways, Jesus, at that time, he was teaching around the Sea of Galilee on the the shore. And that was pretty typical at that time because that was an open space. And people, as you saw, the crowds began to come. And Jesus, you know, imagine this is like the shore and people were gathering and he would sit down. But because so many people were crowding him, Jesus had to like back off. And he's like, "Uh oh, there's the water. So then he saw the boat. Oh, there's another boat. So he said, let me get on the boat and ask Peter to, if he could take that offshore a little bit. And then he went off into the water where people, so that people could come all the way to the shore. And they sat down or they were crowding. And Jesus sat down on the boat so that people could see him better. And that's what's going on. And here's a little observation here. Jesus chose the boat of Peter. Right? There's two boats. It could have been anyone, but Jesus intentionally picked Peter's. It's not random, as you could already know, because Peter plays a wonderful role in the kingdom of God. And he became the leader of the disciple later. But, you know, we may think God does things randomly. But there's nothing random about his calling. It's just intentional. And this was Peter's encounter with Jesus. And it was just really amazing. And if you could be on that moment of Jesus coming to him. And there's some weird things going on. I mean, Jesus gets on the boat. And then he asks, can you take me offshore? Think about it. Peter was washing his net. He was ready to go home. Why would Peter even listen? He's tired. But Peter knew that Jesus is this amazing teacher. And as you recall last week, Peter's mom was healed by Jesus, so Peter has reason not to say no. I mean, he's like he he did something for my family, so it was hard for him to say no to anything that Jesus would say. Obviously, he was interested in Jesus because the story of Jesus teaching was amazing. Many people, so he says, "Okay, I'll do. All right, you can use my boat. Go ahead, and I'll I'll take you off off uh, off into the water for a little bit." But what Peter did not expect is what Jesus said after he sat down and taught the people. So what did Jesus say? Well, let's read this together for verse 4. Can we read that together? Here we go. When he had finished speaking, he said to Simon, Put out into deep water and let down the nets for a catch. Simon answered, Master, we've worked hard all night and haven't caught anything, but because you say so... I will let down the nets. Peter, just imagine. He's like, come on. (laughs) Okay, all right. Now, you're going too far. Who is the professional here? I mean, you're the carpenter's son. I'm the fisherman. And you're talking about nets and casting and fish. Give me a break. I mean, Peter, okay, just again, He is, after long hours of labor, he was up all night, you know, getting, trying to get, but there's no result. And then this carpenter's son, Jesus, you know, he's like, he may be a good teacher and all, but I know my fishing. You don't, you can't blame Peter, right? Just imagine at the end of a long day and and you've worked so hard there's no result there's you're disappointed and there's some random person who has nothing to do with that job is coming to you and says oh you should do this wouldn't you get like what is going on i mean wouldn't you be pretty angry at this moment so you cannot blame peter because you know what he prides himself in his work which he should that's his craftsmanship, and he's been working as a fisherman for many, many years, and then he's dead, tired, and when Peter says, Master, I don't think he said that out of pure respect. I mean, there are some, I sense some sarcasm, can't you? I mean, come on, Master, Let's, what are you talking about? That is, I sense that in his language, and as you know, we see that later in Peter's attitude That he did not have the right heart at that moment. But what Peter then said and did changed his life forever. And if you can say and do the same thing, it will change your life forever. In fact, it has changed your life. But it has the power to continue to change your life forever and ever. And this is what he said. It's on the screen. But because you said so, I will let down the nets. Can we say that together? But because you said so, I will let down the net. You notice the but. (laughs) You know, it starts with the but. Whatever you say. All right, if you say so, you're going to embarrass yourself, Jesus. But, you know, I'll just do whatever you say. Just imagine seeing the empty nets and you'll be embarrassed. But whatever you say, I'll do it. That was basically what was Peter's on his mind. Sarcastic or not, however, he did what Jesus asked. Let's look at verse 6. When they had done so, they cut such a large number of fish that their nets began to break. So they signaled their partners and other boats to come and help them. And they came and filled both boats so full that they began to sink. Can you imagine the scene? Just life in the boat. People gathering. People buzzing. What is going on? God showed up big, blowing away all the Peter's doubts, his fatigue, his disappointments. All went out the window that exact moment. With so many fish in the net, he had to ask for help. It's like probably other guys over there, James and John, sons of David. Here, come and help. We need all help. What triggered amazing grace, amazing blessing like that? What did that? What triggered that? It was just the faith of a little tiny mustard seed of Peter, wasn't it? He trusted in Jesus' word. Not a whole lot, but a little bit. Let's see how this story ends. Verse 8. For people. So they pulled their boats up on shore, left everything, and followed him. When we experience the greatness of God, we tremble. I mean, we realize how small we are, how sinful we are, how different we are in our mind and our thinking. And that's okay, because we must know ourselves first. We must know that we are in need of God's grace. We must know that we were sinners, and that's when Jesus came. See, our core value here at Orange Coast, one of them is humility. Because humility unlocks God's grace in our lives. It is the key for us to experience all that Jesus has to offer. And when we are humble, when we are on our knees, that's when the invitation of Jesus begins. And what did Jesus say? He says, don't. Be afraid, and I will show you. I will lead you, so will you follow me? That is the invitation that Peter received from Jesus that day, and he responded. And I hope every single one of you who are sitting in this room, and hopefully every single one that will ever sit in these chairs, and our new chairs in the future, will be able to see that, this invitation from Jesus. And what Peter did is what we want to do as well. He put his agenda aside. Then, and only then, he was able to follow Jesus. And Peter, along with other disciples, obviously we know what they did. They began to fish for people. Obviously they had to spend three more years with Jesus and they saw the death and the resurrection and they went and fished for people. They serve the kingdom of God. So, how many of us today, church, have experienced some type of disappointments in life? Anybody? I was expecting all hands to go up, but there's some really perfect people in here, so I'm glad. I'm just teasing you. I know. I I mean, we all have our hands up. We've experienced disappointments of all different form and shape. I mean, at work, even in ministry, I mean we put our we put a goal that is unmet, and we feel so disappointed. It feels like sometimes in life our dreams that we've drew up is keep moving further and further away. Or sometimes we feel disappointments in our relationships. We tried our best. We invested so much time, so much effort, but we don't see anything that is fruitful or maybe any improvements. Or the feeling is just not mutual. And in your mind, you feel like you're supposed to be here by your age or your time or by how much investment you put in. We're not, I don't know what, what comes to mind for you, but there is a goal that you think you are here. But in actuality, it's like right here. Or even like lower. Or even like you dig deep and it's like you're way down there and you don't know why. And you're like, I'm supposed to be here. God. What's going on? I mean, there are legitimate disappointments that we go through, and we feel embarrassed. We don't want to share people. We don't want to, we want to keep that all to ourselves. Even for me, as a church planner for about four years in Huntington Beach, I mean, we had a dream, but it was a big dream, and we said, this is what we're going to be after one year, second year, third year, fourth year, but it did not work out that way. I mean, you know, there's a lot of things to be encouraged about. But for me, my stand, like, I wanted to be here. I should have been here. But, like, it seems like I was going down, down, down. And it's just not, it wasn't happening in the timing and the way I wanted or envisioned. And there's just disappointment, embarrassment, and things like that. I mean, it's real, even in ministry. But disappointment, whether we're Christians or not, it happens all the time. So the story of Peter that we saw today is all of us in our lives. Because in our relationship with God especially, we are like Peter all the time, right? Because even though God is speaking to you, He's inviting you, He's telling us something, and we know that there's a reason, a good reason, a better reason than you could ever imagine, we argue back. I know what I'm doing, God. You know, I, I, I've been this, I've done this million times, I got this. You don't have to tell me because I studied this, I worked hard on this, I invested in this, I know my stuff inside and out. So God, who are you to tell me what to do? We say that. We say, I know my stuff better than you, God. <laughs> so what is our Stuff that we feel like it belongs to us. We made it. It made it happen. You earned it. What is that stuff? Is it work? Is it your achievements? Is it your bank account? Is it your relationship with others? Is it yourself that you are so proud of? As hard as as it is to admit. We say those things in front of our creator. Creator of all things, that is. And we say that. So the real question here basically is who's in control? Is it you or is it the creator of all things? And the hard question is, and here we go, are we ready to surrender? Are you willing to surrender? So I want to ask you this, church. What is the net that you're holding on to in your hand so tightly? What is that? Something you pride in. Whether it's maybe your education, your career, your livelihood, your knowledge. I mean, we hold on to that. Or perhaps it is a relationship that you invested so much time and effort. Maybe your boyfriend, girlfriend, spouse, your children, your parents. You're holding on so tight because they mean so much to you. We have invested our time, effort, money, and all that because we care about this so much, the net. And it's important to us. But that's exactly also the reason why you are so disappointed, right? Because you put in so much work. And when that thing, the net, does not act or respond in a way that you think it should, we are extremely disappointed, stressed out. And that is exactly why Jesus is inviting you to go deep. And throw that into the water. This is an invitation to trust in him. Because he knows, our creator, Jesus knows, it is controlling you and every aspect of your life. Because that thing, the net, whatever that may be for you, It gives you joy, temporary joy, because it makes it feel good because you have it. You're in control. You know that you've earned it. You achieved it. It belongs to you. But he knows that whatever happens to that, it will disappoint, disappoint you like crazy. See, Peter wanted to prove Jesus wrong that day. I know my stuff better than you. This is my work. But I'm sure, if he's really honest, I'm sure there was a part of Peter that says, Well, if you could do this better, if you could show me better, then I'm actually, please show me. There is that hope in Peter that this man, Jesus, might be able to do it better than him. So, regardless of his motive, Peter did surrender. Not full surrender, (laughs) because he had some doubts. He's like, all right, Jesus, we'll see what you got. But I hope that encourages you, because that's what it took. Just that little faith and a lot of worry, a lot of doubt, but a little bit of faith, and that's how Jesus met him. So what Peter threw in to the Sea of Galilee was a lot more than just a net. It was his pride. It was his doubt. It was his disappointment and livelihood and all the things that he 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 thought it belonged to him. He threw that in there because he said so. He threw his net down. So church, what is in your hand? You care about it so much. It's important to you. It belongs to you, but it is also Driving you crazy. Can you say, because he said so, and let it go? Because he said so, will you let it go? because when you do, you will experience all the blessing that Jesus has in store for you. It's scary, I know. I know it is, and I've always struggled and wrestled with that. But it's better in God's hands. So, are you willing? To surrender that. So speaking of surrender, I want to show a video of a testimony, a series of testimony by these people that in the worldly standard have achieved everything. In the highest standard, and now there are the NFL um, uh, team called the New York Jets. And listen to their story of how they surrendered, what they thought that it all belonged to them. And I hope this will encourage you. So if you could start the video, it's called Surrender.
1: The word surrender to me is always one that I struggle with because to me it deals with responsibility where usually you you think of it as a place of weakness for me it's freeing because the responsibility is no longer on me it's on God it's more of a sign of entrusting I would say at least in terms of what you're giving to the Lord I think that's a word that has a lot of layers to it you know and so you talk about surrender I mean you know it's different in the game because I'm out there yelling to my team never surrender never retreat but when it comes to God it's, it's totally different the notion when we hear surrender, it takes such a negative tone because we feel like it means give up, it means quit. When you surrender, you're giving up to things that are that are going to suffocate you anyway. And He's calling you into a life that in some respects may be different than what you believe is going to satisfy you, but it's ultimately going to bring you peace. There's many times where it's difficult to surrender to God. I think one of the main ones is probably when when trials and tribulations hit because we're, we're trying to control it so much ourselves. I think everybody's default would go back to some form of selfishness. And for me, it just came to a point where I just got tired. I got tired of living that life. I got tired of living a double life.
0: And it's hard to sometimes separate those types of things because we're so flush and worldly. And a lot of me, 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 and really none of you and serving and um, surrendering.
1: I've always wanted to know I'm going to be on this team for this amount of time and you know, really have my future set. So that was selfishly just wanting to know everything was going to be OK. you know. And I think for me, The course of my career being the way it has been, um, it's continued to put me in a space of faith all the time. You know, it's a fight. You know, it's a fight with the devil. It's a fight with the enemy. It seems so backwards. Why? Why do I give all these things up that make me feel good? Right? That, That seems backwards. But there is such a greater joy. There's such a greater happiness and fulfillment in Jesus Christ. God's saying, hey, listen. You can give up and completely let go of whatever it is because I'm worth it. In turn, you're gonna be giving, getting something by giving up a little, you're gonna be getting something so much greater. I've heard all the, the, the sayings, you know, don't tell God how big your problem is, tell your problem how big your God is. And, and, but when it really, when you're in the midst of it, for real, you know, all those cliche sayings kinda just go out the window. And you're sitting there like, nah, no, I can handle it. And you, you wanna just, you know, do it yourself so bad, but you really gain power through Him when you surrender and let Him take care of it. God wants everything. He wants your entire life. He wants it all because He knows how to use it the best. All the pressures of of worldly expectations and standard are gone. All those things that used to weigh me down I think it's not it's not mine anymore. I don't have to worry about it because I've surrendered. When you surrender the things that you know you want to hold on to and say, I've I did this, you know. I got it to the NFL. When you finally surrender those those strongholds, you are free and you're at peace. And there is no peace like the covering of Jesus Christ.
0: the combination of the new york jets and the philadelphia eagles and as you know the eagles won the super bowl that same year and they know that jesus is so much better than anything that they could ever achieve the very thing that you surrender is what god will use to bring people to jesus that very thing that you are able to let go god will use that and bring people to him and whatever that net is for you, let's trust that in the hands of our Creator. And let us use that. If that is a thing, if that is something that you're proud of, it is something that you think you have achieved and it belongs to you, let's use that for the glory of God. Because you cannot hold on to this one net and then try to follow Jesus with your other hand. I mean, maybe you can, but you'll stay right there. But if you let that go, you get to follow Jesus, and He will bring the fruit. He will bring the blessing all to you. And you know the best thing, too, is all your disappointments that you ever felt will not be wasted because you will know people who are going through the same struggle. You will be able to come alongside those people that similar situations as you. Maybe the same people that have lost a job maybe lost a girlfriend or a boyfriend, or lost, I mean, so many disappointments, it will not be wasted because you will be able to come alongside those. And we, together, will fish for people, church. Those who are still in need of this gospel message, the hope of Jesus Christ. And when we work together, let's see what happens. It says here in today's passage, these fish great numbers of fish. And this is just like our vision from Ezekiel 47, 9. It says, wherever the river flows, everything will live. And where Jesus Christ comes into our lives, into our church, and old is new, this life will be just abundant. And it says, swarms of living creature will live in that life. And that's the vision of our lives. I hope it is. And you embrace that vision. It is the vision of this church. And that is what Will happen and God is want to lead us there. His blessing is there. But the cool thing that we see also from this passage is that blessing is way, way too much for one to carry on their own. You need to ask for help, right? Just like Peter did. Say, come, Simon, or come, come, James, come, John, help me, help me. That's what we have to do together. We must work together because that blessing that God's going to abundant, bless you with, is way too much. And that's an awesome picture of what community, what church community is all about, right? That's how we're going to roll, church. We're going to do this together, surrendering and experiencing the blessing of Jesus together. Amen. Alright, we're going to uh, get look at the weekly challenge this week, and if you could have your phones out and take a picture, or it will be sent out on Tuesday by Pastor Phil, uh, we're going to read this together, or we're going we're gonna to do this together, and I hope you do this together, and for the know, we want to read Luke 5, Matthew 4, Mark 1, and John 1, because it's all a story about Peter encountering Jesus. And some of them are similar stories, some of them are exactly the same, some of them maybe a little different perspective, but it is all a story when he first met Jesus and decided to follow. So the question I want to ask is, how is it similar? Or maybe it's different to the time you first decided to follow Jesus. I hope you could talk about that with your Life Together group, or on your own, or perhaps your spouse, or for your friend. Just talk about that. Think about that. For the grow, what is something that you feel it belongs to you, earned it, it is yours, but is it better in your hands, or in the hands of our Creator God? And are you able to let that go? That's the bottom line, though overflow who is in your life that is going through similar struggles or maybe disappointments that you had talk with them this week be an encouragement to that person this week and be not just you being an encouragement encourage one another let's overflow let's pray heavenly father god thank you so much for today and another day where we know we need you so much And this act of surrender is not an act of weakness. It is an act of strength. And that we surrender all to you because we trust that it is, and whatever it is, whatever that net is, it belongs in your hand. You're the one who gave it to us for the first place. So we will trust in that plan, that it belongs to you. And we're going to cast that net into the deep part of the sea of Galilee. And for our situation, we're going to throw that in the sea of trust. And we know, yes, it will let go from our hands. But it is just going to the hands of the one who cares about me and cares about others more than me. And help us to do that. Surrender that. Maybe it's somebody that you've been investing so much time and you've been trying to help. But this person just will not listen we're just not responding in a way that I have always wanted. But we let that go. We trust that into your care. Help us to do whatever we can. But ultimately, we trust that into your care. Maybe the net is about our livelihood, our work, our jobs. That pays us well. But is not giving you any, any joy. Or maybe it was until we've been laid off. Maybe it was until we met this person at church, at work. And it's just not the same. Hey, we let that go. We trust that into your hands, into your care. God, whatever it is, give us the courage to surrender and then be invited into your peaceful courts, into your presence. God, sometimes it's scary, but help us to trust that you are better. Just like Peter did that day. Even maybe there's a lot of doubts A lot of challenge to you says, all right, let's see what happens. But that surrender is what it took Peter to experience the fullness of your riches of life. We want to see the same thing. Help us to do the same thing. In Jesus' name, amen.